welcome to The Career Studio, a USU career services podcast that helps you navigate your career path. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I'm so excited to have Donna Crow here with me today. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Donna has served as the Executive Director of Career Services and Student Affairs Assessment at USU for coming up on 10 years. Much to our office's dismay, 2020 is Donna's last year with USU as she is looking forward to an exciting Encore career after retirement. Over the course of her career, Donna has served in higher education for over 35 years in USU's Business School and Career Services Center. So first of all, Donna, I have to say that 2020 is one heck of a year to close your current career chapter. (laughs) So talk to us about what you have learned about yourself, the profession during these ever-changing times of COVID-19. All right. Well, thank you again so much for having me, Marissa. This opportunity means a lot to me as I exit stage left, as they say. 35 years creeps up on you. It's not as if you recognize that on a yearly basis that that's what's happening, but it certainly did. And 2020, I think very much so. Really, COVID didn't drive me away by any means. Uh, But, you know, when you do get to this point, and as a career counselor, I spend a lot of time, of course, talking with alumni in particular in my current role and a lot of career changers. And over time, you start to think, hmm, what's next for myself? And even though it's a lot to leap in a year like this, I feel like it almost shows how much faith I have in the process of growing your career and moving it along. Because yes, there are a lot of people unemployed and a lot of pain in this country right now. Luckily, because of my work at USU, I have a moment to breathe and say what's next for me. But I have no doubt that something will unfold. And I know the processes and procedures and practices to use to make that happen for myself. And I've seen it again and again in good times and bad. Occasionally, things change. I, I go dust off an old workshop about how to job hunt in uh, in a recession, for example. And some of that is still holds true and a lot of it does not. And that to me at the core is what's been so beautiful in my life about being a career services professional is that there was no way, if you're doing it well, there's no way to rest on your laurels and not look ahead and not be in a constant state of what else is happening, what's happening in the marketplace, what's happening in higher ed. You have to keep your finger on the pulse of of change. And to me, that was ideally suited for an Air Force brat like myself, who I think had that ingrained in my early childhood, moving, changing, making new friends. That sure has served me well. And in this profession, especially, you know, the marketplace and what happens with our students is ever changing. And we it behooves us to be doing our jobs well, to really have a, have a finger on what's happening. And I think all of those things combined for me, my early childhood, this work, and just sort of my own strengths, my own sort of innate interests and strengths in looking ahead and, and building for the future have really, really served me well in this role. So Donna, as a fun fact, you mentioned that you are a second generation Italian American and are very proud of your heritage. So what are some of the perks of growing up in Italian culture and why is this an important part of your identity? And I'm sure this is the case across many immigrant families, but it didn't feel that way, of course, as a kid, but there was always connection. Whenever we were stateside, so to speak, we were always heading back to upstate New York, Canandaigua, specifically in the Finger Lakes where my family is from. Both my parents were born and raised there. It's not a big town. And I think part of really almost any immigrant culture is the understanding that family and work are important. And they were never separated for me in a way as a kid. You know, family was everything. 
and a work ethic was expected. And very quickly that became education as well for me and my family. And despite being in the military and not being wealthy as a kid, um, we weren't poor by any means, but we weren't wealthy growing up, but it was always an expectation and it was always something everyone in the family was working towards. Both my parents got bachelor's then master's degrees and I watched them do some of that. You know, that helped tremendously to for all of my family. The fun parts are that we still do a family reunion every other summer in upstate New York. Oh. We've been doing it now 26 years plus. Wow. And we come from everywhere. I have family in Europe, all across the country. And we do an entire week with uh, bocce ball tournaments, talent nights, food, and it is the most fun. We had to postpone it this summer. So it's next summer. And this was actually the summer we were digging up our time capsule that we buried behind the family headstone. Don't tell the people at the cemetery, please. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. But uh, we were going to dig that up. And inside there are just more memories from our past. In fact, my mother's contribution was a cheek swab from each of her sisters to that tube. So, you know, if cloning becomes uh, something the average individual can, can afford, we're ready. As the oh, family. my gosh. <laughs> we're ready to keep the Becky heritage going. That might frighten some of my cousins and nieces and nephews. <laughs> but uh, family and a work ethic and a love for America. My grandmother's favorite phrases, one of her favorite phrases was God bless America. It's been wonderful growing up in that heritage. And I, and I know my girls feel the same way being the next generation. Such, such a fun story, such a fun family. It sounds like Donna, I'm, I'm slightly yeah. jealous. <laughs> You're welcome. That's <laughs> You're welcome to come by anytime. And there I can go. always use somebody good on my bat, my bocce ball team. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to brush up. <laughs> do, do. <laughs> well, Donna with retirement in sight, I thought it would be kind of fun to actually rewind back to your first year of college here at wow. USU where it all began. So you mentioned that you're a true Aggie as you earned both of your degrees at USU, despite not actually being originally from Utah. So why did you choose USU? Well, it's almost an embarrassing story. Perfect. On the cusp of an embarrassing story. Um, So I'll see how far I go this morning. A couple things, you know, I think certainly having been a military brat, I lucked out and went to my high school on the central coast of California for all four years of high school. But then it was like, okay, it's time to move again. You know, sort of in my genes, really felt like I wanted to be in the West, though I did look at some schools back East and narrowed it down to the UC system. Colorado State and Utah State. I knew I wanted a university because I wasn't sure about my major. Turns out, good good reason, you know. So I knew I wanted opportunities to change my major. It was a beautiful place. And here's the embarrassing confession part. The president's son, Stephen Ford, was here at USU in the mid-70s. And that just sort of put it on my radar a little bit. Perfect. <laughs> and, um, you know, there were 9,000 students when I came here. Wow. There were is on campus by our students from Iraq and Iran, I think if I'm correct. It was a small school then. It is no longer a small school, but it's grown in some wonderful ways. And the Aggie family just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But that was part of it is Stephen Ford drew me to my college uh, choice. <laughs> well, I love that. And as kind of a follow-up question to that, so you chose to work for USU after graduation and you've continued to choose to work for USU for many, many years. So I'm curious, what has kept you at USU so long? Yeah, you know, great question, because I do think that there's this 
perception, and maybe it's a tiny chip on my shoulder, so I will own that. There is this perception that if you stay at a job, you must be resting on your laurels. Well, I have to say, USU never gave me a chance to do that, and it's not in my nature to do so anyway. So it was a good fit in that regard. There was one window, to be fair, there was a window of time, and I really wish I could remember why I felt this way, where I did feel like I needed to make a more strategic change. And for the life of me, Marissa, I've examined it. I can't remember why I felt that way. But just generally looking back as well, so long as I had an opportunity to grow and to continue to challenge myself, I was happy. Had that not been afforded me, I have no doubt I would have gone. You know, it's hard when you're a part of a couple and you have a spouse and they've built a life and a business and all of that. But having said all that, had I not had that opportunity to continue to grow, I would have felt stifled and I, and I really feel like I would have left. And for those listening, if you aren't given the opportunity, find a way to get it. And I pushed as much as I was pushed, if I could say that, to, to try new things, do new things. And you really have to, you have to kind of own your own career development. You know, in the old days, you could be responsible for in the organization doing that for you. And really, I'm not sure that did anybody any good, you know, <laughs> yeah. now you you have to own it yourself. You have to be responsible for growing your skill set and keeping yourself interested and engaged. Bill Burnett, who wrote Designing Your Life recently on a webinar we were on, Marissa, said that 40%, this just slayed me, 40% of the United States in a recent survey he was involved with would give up a raise if you would fire their boss. And luckily, <laughs> I felt that way. <laughs> and if I have, you know who you are and I'm not naming names. <laughs> But, but I've been really fortunate. And I think also I've looked for those opportunities where growth is not only allowed, but expected, where failure isn't an F word, where you can try things that maybe haven't tried again, because things change, as we know, and the pace of change is so rapid that something that worked four years ago might not work today. It might work again in a different way. And you just have to be open to that. And that's one of the things that I love about the career field is it requires that amount of adaptability and innovation. Absolutely. Such great insights. And I just love this perspective of pursuing your own professional development and not relying so entirely upon your employer to do that. It really is up to you. So I really love those insights, Donna. I'm curious, what's one of the most valuable lessons or life principles that you learned when you were in school that has maybe carried through your, your career? That's an interesting one. Um, if I'm truthful and I go all the way back, I might not have learned those lessons when I was in school. <laughs> You know, some of us take, take a minute longer <laughs> to really learn those valuable lessons. You know, one of the things that work actually taught me early, and it was a summer home from college. I was a motel maid at Motel 6 on Highway 1 in California. You know, not the best job on the planet, but I did it with a girlfriend and we would, you know, hit the job early. We were done by two. We'd go lay on a beach in Santa Barbara until our friends got off work, get up and do it again the next day. That was kind of a fun summer. But having said all that, there was a woman who was the head of the maid service, I guess you might call it, at Motel 6. And she was, I swear, 90 years old at the time, just this tiny little powerhouse of a woman who wore a white dress and white shoes to do her job. She taught me that nobody's done until everybody's done. 
some CEOs might argue with me, your hourly rate is worth more than what you're about to describe, but I'm going for it anyway. You know, when we started to do career fairs, I was there putting the tablecloths on just like everybody else. And that isn't to speak to me as being wonderful, but what it is, is a recognition that the team matters. So some of those early work lessons, not the least of which is, wow, this is a tough job. I'm going to go back to college so I can keep growing my career. Those jobs are hard. Some of those early jobs that we had. Beyond that, I think the faculty really taught me you know, I was a good student, truth be told. You know, I like school. I was a good student. But every now and then you hit a block and, and a course that kind of challenges you. And they really did teach me something that I, I don't think it came to me in these words then, but it really resonates now. And that is fail fast, fail quickly and fail forward and keep moving. I almost wish there was a different word we could use than fail, because I really think on so many levels, we learn so much more from the things that were hard than the things that were easy. I know as a manager, Marissa, you've been a dream to manage. That's been absolutely wonderful to do. There have been other people that have taught me some things that I needed to learn because they were not so easy to manage. But again, it wasn't about them. It was about what I came to the table with and what I needed to do to listen more, to be the kind of manager that individual needed. So we all know that's true, that we learn so much from those failures. So what I hope to do is give give my students carte blanche to go out there and try things and make mistakes. And don't let those mistakes stop you in your tracks. And the same thing holds for my team. That's been some of the most rewarding is watching the students come and go much as we love them. They come and go as the years goes by, but a lot of team members you're around for quite a while and watching them do the same thing. Try something like this podcast, have it succeed and build your confidence. I mean, how fabulous is that to watch? It's just incredibly rewarding for me. I love this idea of fail forward. I think, like you said, so often we reflect on those things that we maybe failed to do in a sense, but it's so important to seek out what we learned from that process. So love those insights, Donna. Thank you. Well, moving forward, I'd love to know about one of the biggest career accomplishments that you've had over the past 35 years. That was tough because some of the accolades or the appointments or the volunteer boards or things like that certainly have been highlights. But for me, if I'm being really honest, and why wouldn't I be with you, Marissa, today? It really is leading the teams, watching those individuals like I said, the same with the students, it all holds true, helping individuals achieve their dreams and watching them sort of fly and take off and build confidence and come back, you know, five years later to tell you what they've been up to. Those are the moments. But I think as a, well, ultimately a manager that gets to lead this team and all the teams that have come and gone, you know, through our center, that has been my greatest reward. And I think it speaks again to lucky for me where my natural talents and abilities are, because why not play to those? So I feel it could be all wrapped up in one, you know, those are where my talents lie. That's, that's where I see the success. But, uh, you know, all of the leadership roles as well in our state, in our region, those have been incredibly rewarding. But again, the best parts about those are the people that are brought to the table. I believe you're serving on one of our regional association committees. Again, just seeing that happen is really something that I get the greatest amount of joy from. And I think it just means that things are going to keep going and that we get fresh insights and new blood in our associations and on our teams and how important that is to to keep moving us forward. Love that, Donna. So additionally, kind of as a follow-up to that question, what is one of your biggest personal accomplishments to date? 
slightly different question. Yeah, a little bit different. Still, I guess for me, in a way wrapped up in my career in that I have two daughters. They're in their 20s. Both of them college graduates. Both of them as well have learned to pivot in their own careers, which frankly makes me very proud uh, because I want them to have had that. You know, I can't just be all talk, right? I have to talk the talk and walk the walk. And that means that exploring, especially in your 20s, is part of what I hope for our students as well. But for me, I'd have to say raising two strong, independent, resilient daughters. And I really did set out to show them that as much as possible, you can try to have it all. And maybe that's the wrong statement. I'm sure a lot of my colleagues are out there going, that is not the way to frame that. And I agree. You know, I don't know that the world is yet ready to make sure every woman has as much opportunity as possible to pick her path forward, whether that's as a stay-at-home mom or working in the workforce. And for me, I wanted to kind of show my daughters that, that this was possible. And gratefully, USU gave me that chance. And when I needed them to be a little flexible, when my daughters were younger, they were. And I've used that same ability that I now have to make sure that our team members have the flexibility they needed to come back to work as a young mother and continue to work. So I think that's probably what I'm the most proud of is my daughters and and the example I set for them. Well, I think that's an amazing accomplishment. And and I'm so grateful that you were able to find some sort of ongoing balance, both of family and career. I think that's really insightful. So love, love, love that. Yeah, fight fight for it. It's not easy. Absolutely. Well, Donna, this month we are really focusing in on how volunteering can add meaning and purpose to our lives, both on a personal and professional level. And Donna, you have been incredibly involved here at USU. So talk to us about some of the ways that you have given back to the USU community, maybe beyond the normal job description and and how those experiences have impacted and shaped your career path. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, which one to pick? There's a couple here I'm thinking of. I'll just maybe pick a couple. You know, it's one of those things that sometimes you're in the right place at the right time and you just get handed an opportunity that turns out to, looking back, have been really good for you. And this was one of those. One of my supervisors at the time, John Mortensen, reached out and said, I need some help on something he found himself. And that's unusual because John is amazing and does such great work. And I ended up, long story short, I helped write a grant and led the first, at the time, the first year. USU retention and completion team. And it was 12 teams through USHI all around the state. And all we were doing was learning best practices around retention and completion and implementing them on our own campuses and then reporting back about every six months or so to the Lieutenant Governor at the time and to USHI, the Utah System of Higher Education, what was working and what wasn't working. I got to lead that team for about four or five years, maybe not quite that long, maybe three or four years. And then this is how I tell the story, got on the president's radar and she took it away. <laughs> more power to her, right? <laughs> um, she has the power to do exactly that and created a more, what shall I say, a more intentional and ongoing team around this issue at USU. And now it's currently led by Heidi Kessler, who does an amazing job running our retention and completion teams and has created some incredible programming around that. So that was awesome. The second little story I'd say, and I hopefully I haven't gone too far away from your question, is just reading the Design Your Life book, When and How I Read It. That's been really fun in the last few years because it speaks to so much of what I know is effective in career counseling and coaching. And it really gave our team a chance to be at the forefront of teaching that curriculum. It got us several regional awards through NASPA and MPACE around what we were doing. And really it changed the direction of our career center because it got on the radar of our provost and our associate provost. And they recognized the importance of early career education, which is something we've been working towards for a long time at the Career Center. No 
knowing how important it is to be discussing the designing of your career path as part of the designing of your life and how intentional that can be. In fact, recently, Bill's data is showing that designing your way forward is even better than planning your way forward, even though that seems a real nuanced distinction when it comes to being resilient with our students and helping them build their own resiliency. So that kind of got us on some in some places and got some attention that I believe caused our unit even to report now directly to the provost's office, which has been exciting because it just means we're at the table in some newer conversations around early career planning. And now we teach, I think, almost 800 students a year in the early career development courses. And I know you'll be teaching with us next semester, Marissa. So excited. (laughs) So I'd say those are a couple biggies, but having said all that as well, I got to finish with just the state. Utah has been incredible in the way all of our career centers collaborate. In fact, I already had my weepiest luncheon so far was a Zoom meeting where we're all eating sandwiches all over the state with each career center director. We have really done some cool things in this state to bring our employers together, to make it easier for them to connect with our students. There's no jealousy or that employer is my employer and you can't have that employer. And I'm including our great school BYU to the South uh, in that conversation. (laughs) We sometimes tease about BYU. Just incredibly warm people that recognize that if we just bring more employers, graduate schools, whatever it is we're doing to the state of Utah, all of us are going to benefit. And that probably in conjunction with Stan Inman at the U and uh, Wynn Stanger at BYU and Jody Chowing at Brigham Young really has been in the last four years, we've created an association that is a nonprofit. We have a website, we have member profiles there for people to find their way around. We hold events. That's really been a wonderful legacy that I, you know, I don't use that word lightly, but I feel like I left a little one with what is our Utah Association of Colleges and Employers. That was a long answer. No, that was great. Well, and one thing that is seems to be a common thread in this conversation is this term of resilience. And I think that's just so fitting for the time that we're in. I think that's one of the most applicable skills students need to seek out and develop as things are continuing to change. And, and there are some uncertainties. So I really love that you hit on that concept of resiliency. Yes. And in fact, I know in our classes, I'm convinced that's one of the first best things we do is to say, Sophie, one of our great instructors teased me because I wanted to like make a bonfire in class. And I wanted our students to literally write down some of those dysfunctional beliefs that have been holding them back and literally burn them. We did it sort of a virtual version of a fire in class the last (laughs) time we were in class. But I think that's so important is to let those what we call some of our own negative voices that hold us back to let them go or re-examine them anyway. And don't give them the power that you've given them without revisiting what that no statement is. And for some of our students, it's things like, I can't make a living in gaming. No one makes six figures as an English major. I'm picking on some majors here that I think people can identify with. But again, some of those might be true. But until you push the edge of the envelope to find out if they are, don't give up. Don't give up on those dreams. Love that, Donna. Oh, so enjoying this, learning so much from you as we're as we're chatting. <laughs> well, I would love to hear about one aspect of volunteering, and that's the friendships that you form. And I know you've already hinted on some of that, but I'd love to have you talk to us just a little bit more about some of the friendships that you've gained, you know, whether it's through MPACE or other organizations and the benefits that those friendships oh. have brought on you. 
Yeah, I can't even begin to say how important those have been. Wynn, who's the executive director at Weber State, is my personal career coach. So when I need something around, what should I do, Wynn? He's the one I call. He's got a long history in HR and in, in industry as well as higher ed. So he always gives me great insights. Justin Finnerty, who's a friend of mine in Arizona, really got me through my early months on the board at MPACE because at the time that I joined the board, that role was changing dramatically and the expectations were changing for that role. So I was feeling the pressure. These friends are individuals who I tap in a weak moment and who talk me through or off down, maybe is the appropriate, maybe more more accurately (laughs) talk me off the ledge. What did I do? Because again, for me, volunteering has meant stretching myself and volunteering for things I don't know anything about. It's been that way with retention and completion, assessment, frankly, running a career center. You know, when you start, usually you're not trained for the work that you're taking over typically as you move up. And I've had those night sweats where I woke up thinking, what did I do? Why did I say I would take this on? But every time those friendships help tremendously. And in fact, when I think about starting again and anew, only thing that makes me tired is how many relationships I'm going to have to build. And not because they're hard to do, but because I know how important they are (laughs) to the process. So those friendships I'm taking away forever. I've already got sort of a list of people I'm going to visit and stay with that have offered up a room here or there as I travel around. So honestly, without their support and encouragement, I don't think I could have done as well as I did. And some of that is your own innate interest in wanting to do great work and to do well, but you can want it till the cows come home. But if you don't have the support and those people that know what you're capable of to give you that nudge right at that moment when you need it most, that's what's really been critical for me. And then in unexpected places too. One of the things going to the virtual world that I know the conference planning committee for MPACE is struggling with is how do we create those moments where some of my best colleagues to date are people that I just sat next to at a conference that I never met until 10 years ago. And they're still my go-to people. So I'm hopeful in the virtual world that I was just talking with one of our team members this morning about helping our students do this, that that outreach is even more critical. And I'm hoping as well for people who are comfortable doing that, that they're finding mechanisms like Zoom to call someone and set up a call. We know that a lot of our alumni are more than happy to talk to a fresh-faced student on Zoom. This is going to be the best meaning of their day, (laughs) typically. So for those students as well that might be listening that are uncomfortable with, what do I, well, it's a virtual world. I can't do the outreach I would have done before. Try anyway. Try anyway. You may have to do a few more emails and a few more appointments that don't happen, but these individuals are going to become some of them, the best supporters you'll have in your life and give them a chance to do that. Yes. And actually, this is a perfect lead in, which is a little bit more focused on the student side of things. So we have many brand new freshmen that are not getting the social in-person college experience that they had once anticipated. Similarly, many graduating seniors are not taking the jobs that they had probably once planned to. So reflecting on your many years of experience working with and watching the marketplace, what advice do you give to students who may feel a little uncertain about their futures and, and specifically their careers? Absolutely. I completely understand it's a time of a lot of change. We've got you know, millions of individuals in between jobs in our country, which of course, whenever that happens, it impacts our recent grads. This is the time that that really does work, that trickle-down concept. It means there are going to be some more experienced individuals taking the jobs that maybe our recent grads could have taken. This is where engaging and talking to people, doing the jobs you want to be doing is critical 
critical. It's a little bit of a nuanced shift in that if you start to understand that you're not seeking a job, you're building relationships with people in the field you want to be in. So long as you're doing that, one, you're moving forward. You can share that with your parents if you'd like to. Donna says, I'm still moving forward. So long yes. as I'm doing that. <laughs> and you are. And indeed you are. So talk to people doing the cool things you're interested in doing. Keep track of those conversations because this is networking, but what it is, is is a mutually beneficial experience because when you share a little bit about your recent experiences at USU, whether it's courses, what isn't happening that you had expected it would happen because of COVID, you're just building what is an authentic relationship with this alumni or this hiring manager or whomever it is that you're talking with. And that person becomes part of your network and part of the group of individuals that will help you in the future. So continue to build your skill sets. That's the other piece of this. Keep talking to people and continue to build your skill sets. As I've watched the market, it seems a little simplistic and wow, don't you have anything better for us than that, Donna? But at the core, those are the two best ones that are going to help you move forward. And I've seen it again and again, and I'll be using it again in my Encore career. One of my goals is to talk to people about the three or four short list items that I have an interest in and see where that leads me. It does mean you have to kind of rely maybe a little bit more on family and friends than you might have otherwise. You may not be moving right out of your home right after graduation as your expert expectations would have been. So I think on top of talking to people and trying new things to build your skills, you have to also give yourself a little grace, a little bit of a moment to be kind to yourself right now. And I, like I said, if you're talking to people you're, and you're building your skills as which is your degree is doing for you, if you are graduated, you can still build your skill sets with LinkedIn learning and some additional master classes and things like that. Even build some in areas that are outside of your interests. It just adds to your story, right? It tells them what you've been doing in the last little while to both keep yourself sane and to move yourself forward. And some of those may be directly related to your career field and some of those things may not, but share those as well, because it's become increasingly important that we recognize that this virtual world of work is going to change. Well, it already has. It's changing on a day-to-day almost. And my sincerest hope is that we learn the good things about this experience and that we continue to use those in our own offices, with our teams, in our industries, in our work environment. I'm hopeful that we take the good things and move those forward in our organizations. And I think it's going to be up to both the managers to make that happen and the teams on the org chart below them to push them a little bit to do so because it isn't going to happen, I don't think, as naturally as we might like. So that's a piece of, I think, the future for us is that the marketplace is changing systemically and we have to be adaptable and change with it. And that's the advantage our our college graduates have, our USU graduates have, is they've learned a lot of that. And if nothing else, the good part about COVID is it taught even more about how to do that. So keep using that and even begin to get ready the stories that you might want to share in an interview about what this has taught you with regards to resilience or how to pivot. It may have taught some of our recent graduates to take a job they never would have considered before but now they found themselves in an environment where they're flourishing. Share that story. And if you're not flourishing, good enough for now and then move on, right? Absolutely. Yes. Love those thoughts. I love this idea of getting curious. It's one of my favorite parts of the design theory is is getting curious. And then additionally, I think so, so critical that we have self-compassion and recognize that some of our goals have just, they have to shift right now and that's totally fine. So love those insights, Donna. I think they're really relevant and and really resonate with our listeners. Well, Donna, we're wrapping things up, but I do have one final question for you. And that question is, if you could offer one piece of advice about the importance of volunteering as it relates to professional growth and development, what would it be? 
Wow. That is tough because I'm convinced that volunteering got me and even our center where it got us ultimately. So do it (laughs) and do it even if it makes you feel uncomfortable. I think that's my overarching advice. Do it, but don't only do it when you know you can do it well and you know you've got it. Do it when it's going to stretch you and make you feel uncomfortable and give you again a new added skill set that you didn't have in your hip pocket before. Currently, because I'm on my way out, I literally have sat on my hands in a few meetings so that I don't raise my hand and volunteer for something that I can't bring to fruition because it's hard to not do that. And I do want to build that in the next generation of team members. So I'm always pushing, as you know, individuals to get out there and and join an association, present at a conference, do the things that might make you feel a little uncomfortable. And I have to say, gratefully, so many team members over the years have come back to say, if you hadn't pushed me on that front, I wouldn't be where I am or I wouldn't have done this. And sometimes, again, that's where those relationships come in is. So overall, with regards to volunteering, do it and do it when it makes you feel uncomfortable and do it again. And you will not be disappointed. It gives you so much more than you ever put out there. Donna, absolutely love those thoughts. And I just wanted to put in a a personal note. I think that you are known in our office for really letting others put their strengths to use. And that's why they succeed and in the workplace and, and probably beyond that. And so I think because of your work with us as career coaches and also with our students, I just know that the Career Services Center at USU would not be the same without you. So know that your many years of service have meant a lot to students and faculty alike, and also that you'll be so missed, but we're excited for the next steps in your life. Thank you so very much. And absolutely, I'm going to miss it. I was up walking around on campus yesterday just because I could. (laughs) Relishing every one of those beautiful moments on campus. And it's the people that I'm going to miss the most. So thank you for those kind words, Marissa. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us here at the Career Studio today. Please join us next week as we continue to discuss this month's theme of spreading good cheer by being a volunteer.